Welcome everyone into the Everyday Experience Podcast, a show called It's Probably You. I'm your host, LDP, and riding shotgun, we got Jesus back on the microphone. How are you, my friend? I'm alive. I'm back. <laughs> I keep getting sick. He keeps trying to take me out, but I'm good. You missed out on a couple of festivities. Every time there's something cool, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to miss it. I get sick. But this is like, it reminds me of uh, every time I'm going to have vacation, I always hurt my back. And yeah, my wife says it's because I'm too relaxed. You know, you're waiting for it. You're excited. And I always pull my back right before a major vacation. And it's so annoying because it's like, why couldn't I do that during work? You take time off, you know? <laughs> and then not have to work. Yeah. yeah. Always before you're going to go do something fun. But it has been such a fun season. Uh, we've got the beer episode on the horizon. You guys know what that means. Um, this has been like the, the concept of change. I had no idea how much that was going to unite people. I was not aware of the magnitude to which change impacts individuals. And, you know, you've been following for the season. Change has been the theme. We've talked about habits. We've talked about um, different, like being averse to change and people who lean into change versus people who don't. We've had amazing guests step up. Um, so we're going to dive deeper into that theme today. We're going to continue the conversation and we're going to specifically talk about one daily habit that you could potentially add um, that could make all the difference. And I'm interested to see what people think about this. You know, I sent you the video. Mm-hmm. We're going to discuss that a little bit later. So we'll see everybody's perspective. But first and foremost, podcasts and PBRs. My goodness, that event was fantastic. And that's what awesome. we were referencing. I know yeah. you got to see the videos of it. You saw all the what we did there. Big shout out to Robin for putting that together. The Funky Panther boys, they've been friends of the show forever. Uh, it's nice to be able to coordinate with them. So not only did we do the happy hour, but then we made our way over. I got to interview Cody Lambert at Dickie's Arena. Um, got to actually, I had a press pass. Did you, I had a media pass. That's so cool. And you know, I was desperate to go. And I don't really like events, but I got when it got closer, I was so excited of like, this is going to be awesome, you yeah. know? And I, to the point where I called you to verify that I wasn't being dramatic, that I was sick. Yeah, can you tell people the story? Yeah, because it's, you know, surprise, I have a kid, everyone, right? And when you have kids, you know, they always tell you you get sick. But you learn about different sicknesses that you weren't aware of. Like, so what happened was we went on a trip to California. Yep. And right as we were leaving, my son started getting sick. So I got freaked out, of course. It's like, oh, no, it was a COVID. No yeah. COVID. COVID negative, COVID negative, two good. tests. I'm like, life is good. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then we realized, okay, he has pink eye. So I'm like, damn, super contagious, right? Pink eye. <laughs> like, the, like one of the most contagious. Yeah, things. and I'm like, okay, he's been touching my face all over. I hope I don't get it. Yeah. Well, sure enough, like right when we start to head back, I start feeling a little bit off. Yeah. Um, take a COVID test, negative, right? And then I take a COVID test again after I got a couple of days, negative. But I'm feeling super off. So I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. So my eyes are like super red and I'm like okay I got pink eye but what I didn't know was that if you get the virus in your mouth then you get really bad symptoms like strep throat type oh, symptoms yeah, yep, and yep. so I was like crap he had been touching my mouth putting he had been crawling on the airplane floor he had been touching all these things touching his own eyes putting that in my mouth yeah. and before anyone was like ew you try to stop a little baby from putting that you can't, <laughs> you can't so he put it in my mouth and I was like okay that's where I got it so I thought it was going to be mild and it bounced back and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then we got closer to the day and I was telling my wife like, damn, like, do you think, because like, I thought I was coming back at that point point. Like, my eyes that. were a little bit more clear and I'm like, maybe people won't notice. 
So I asked my wife, because I have a reputation for sometimes being a little dramatic when it comes to being sick. No, and not she, you. Yeah, yeah, I know. No. <laughs> and she was like, no, you do you do not look good right now. Like, you could tell. She's like, it looks like you've been smoking all morning. And I was like, okay, but maybe they'll think that and it, it won't look so bad. She's like, I don't know. Like, you, you should check with Lance. And I was like, okay, let me give him a call. So I'm like, I call, I call Lance, give him the situation. We start talking. And he's like, oh, it's not so bad, but I can see in his face. He's like, hmm. I had yeah. doubts. I did have doubts. Yeah. So, he was like, so then hmm. I brought in my wife and then... She also had doubts. And then she, not only for the eyes, she was also like, you don't sound too good. And I was like, oh, damn. If they can hear it in my throat, then it, it, yeah. I should not go. Yeah. And I'm really glad I didn't go because I got really worse that night. And that's what, and I'm happy I too. I got much worse. Yeah, and the, the thing is, like, we're going to be overly cautious. I think that's the right thing yeah. to do. So for those of you Especially who, with something as contagious oh, as Oh, yeah, exactly. We're not, we're not going to put people into a situation like that. But can I just tell you, like... They had um, Belvedere Vodka, Shandon uh, Spritz. Um, Just shout out to everybody who works at Harper Kempton. You guys took amazing care of us. We appreciated that so much. Um, It was like to the nines. Like I was really impressed with it. We're already talking about can we turn this into something that we do on a quarterly basis? It's just really cool to be put into that situation. And shout out to all the other podcasts that are out there. Like I'm, I'm really loving seeing all the other podcasts that are growing in Fort Worth and coming up. It, it was cool to speak to other creative individuals and to have a couple friends step out and be able to talk to them about it. Yeah, it was a really cool event. And for anyone that didn't listen to those episodes, they're up. You can go uh, check out the episode. Uh, worth a listen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the episode and the conversation with Cody Lambert was absolutely fantastic. That one was also cool because I think it was our first live event where the, it was so much background noise. So yeah. let us know how we did with that. Cause yeah, absolutely. That's something we're learning and we're doing it. Yeah. To me, it's super cool. When I was yeah. editing, I was like, awesome. It, it, Sad it, it, I wasn't was there, cool. but awesome. It was so like, let's just let's, uh, let's dive into that, right? So. You don't like you can kind of hear that it's happening when you're sitting there live with the individual, but it's not until you do the playback where you're like, Holy crap, was it loud? And I didn't want to tell him, like, move closer to the mic. I'm not going to tell this yeah, legend okay. what to do. Yeah. Are you Cody Lambert decides to sit down with me? I'm not telling him what to do, okay? Like, I'm sorry, like, that man does whatever he wants to do. I was just in the, the fact that he was like so gracious. So happy to sit with us. And you know that like we have our own team now. Like Fort Worth has a bull riding team, the Texas which Rattlers. Is, yeah, which is awesome. It's so badass. And I have I have never I had never gone to professional bull riding before. Like I had gone to the rodeo where there was a section of it. Have you ever gone to a professional bull riding no, event? No, that would have been my first event. In a it month. is so badass. I am like shocked by how badass those events are. Yeah, it's a- anything with that level of risk is like mad respect right away. I know, right? Yeah. I, I I asked him too, and you know, you can listen to the episode. Like, what what kind of mentality you have to go in? He dives all the way into the mentality and just how important it is because you can't do something like that half ass. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that bull is not coming in half. It's so dangerous if you're going to do something like that half ass. So, and then getting his, you know, his idea of what the change was and what he's seen, the evolution. I mean, he's created this whole business there. So, fascinating episode. I definitely uh, would recommend that you go back to it. And um, speaking of changes, taught my first yoga class. Ooh, it tell actually us happened. about it. Tell it us act- he did it, it. It actually happened. I'm going to make you all wait for the beer episode because I, I did some things well. I did some things not so well. So we'll save that for when we have some alcohol. I will talk about it. Now, let me ask you this, though. Yes. Before, did you finally do it because you kept guilt tripping yourself in these <laughs> episodes of like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Was that like the catalyst you needed to go in? Getting so many messages from people. And thank you to everyone who listens and tunes in and gives feedback and, and you know, engages with us on social media. We love 
love it. Uh, I did have some people being like, I want to take your class. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Um, I put up a lot of content on my main page of yoga that I'm doing and I get it. You know, there are a lot of people who are into it. So it was a combination of like timing and guilt. So like, um, uh, Sam with funky picnic reached out and she's like, Hey, just so you know, like the person who's doing yoga, they're no longer going to be stepping in. Would you be willing to come and teach the class? And I mean, it's a good deal. You buy the ticket. Part of it goes to me. And then part of it goes to your tab at funky picnic for the day. I mean, it's a pretty good setup. So we'll dive more into that. Cause I've got a bunch of classes coming up and I'm looking at maybe some partnerships with some previous guests on maybe yoga and coffee or yoga on the rooftop. So like more to come. More that'll to be come. Save that for the next episode. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah, Cause if, if I can get some things put in place, that'll be really cool to announce and let people know. But that was a big change, right? So we're talking about change. That was a big change for me. And then as I was doing research for this episode, right, we had talked about like habits. We had talked about different levels of change, moving through change, really the change cycle as a whole is what we had been talking about for the season. But when I when I really think about what has helped me and what has pushed me, a lot of it is like almost believing it before I do it. You know, like when I have a lot of friends that joke, like if I say I'm going to do something, they just automatically assume it's going to happen. Like they already know, like they can, they say, well, we'll just chalk it down. And a lot of that comes from believing that it's going to work ahead of time. And so I found this video, which is from Mel Robbins. I found it on YouTube and, and I'll link everything in. And Mel Robbins is lawyer, author, motivational speaker, New York Times bestseller. I mean, uh, I've seen a lot of her videos and her TED talks before, but I just happened to stumble upon this and she was talking about master of visualization. That was really the, the concept of it, seeing signs and what that actually means. So you brought something up around this topic. So it's this idea of if I visualize it, I can help make it happen. We're going to dive into it. But you, talk, you talked about seeing this before. Well, yeah. This, if you remember back years ago, there was a, a big craze that came out with a book called The Secret because Oprah talked about it and that book blew up yep. and I was pretty young when that came out I wasn't like you know college yet or anything like that but I remember seeing everyone talking about The Secret my older brother obsessed yeah. with that book and for anyone that doesn't know spoilers The Secret is kind of what you're saying <laughs> that visualization yeah. and um, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here but it's like uh, willing something into existence by visualizing that yourself having it yeah. and then that would draw things to make it happen yes and that's kind of like what the video you sent me was talking about and it just gave me vibes of that yeah of like um, they make a, a point to say you can't just like say I want it and it'll happen but it's <laughs> like if you visualize wanting it yeah. then you'll start finding signs and things to make it happen for yeah. yourself you still have to put in some work but it makes it kind of flow in that direction yeah so it's uh I guess visually, if you want to think of something, it's like you're on a stream on a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, little tube, little tube, you know, no, you're floating yeah, down, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And what you're visualizing creates the path you're going to go to. Yeah. And it, you still need to pedal to turn towards it, but it's easier if you know which direction it's going to go because then you're going to kind of start heading in that direction yeah. to begin with. So that's kind of what it reminded me of. And honestly, there's a lot of this that you find in yoga. Like, so there's the eight limbs of yoga in the last. Well, it doesn't. It's not really a linear line per se, but um, the last limb is the enlightenment. It's kind of where you found yourself and you understand 
your true nature and a lot of that a lot of the path to getting there is not just how you move it's how you treat people it's it's the decisions that you make um it's breath exercises and, and clearing the nervous system but a lot of this is leading you towards a specific path and the seeing signs part was really the thing that got to me and i i know that people are going to be like well i there, there's no science behind it blah, 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 blah. There actually is. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I found it fascinating when she brought up that there is a scientific, there's scientific proof of why this works. So we're going to dive into it. And it all stems from the reticular acting system. This is part of your brain. Now, I will tell you, during my research, I found where it's attached to the brain, all this stuff. I can't pronounce half of these things. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even going to waste the time to try to pronounce where this is found in the brain. But I'm going to give you the, the cliff notes of what this is. The reticular activating system is responsible for our awakeness, our ability to focus, and our flight, our, our fight or flight response. And basically to put a pin in pin in it it's ultimately how we perceive the world so the system is basically your mind's filter and what she goes on to talk about is there is so much information that we see on a regular basis there's just absolutely no way that our brain would be able to take all that information retain it without us going crazy that was the basics of what she was trying to get at uh, and the reason that we have it is because it's not just the it's not just the amount of information that we see it's the frequency at which we see information because i'm thinking about just like the work that you do could you imagine trying to look at every single so there's like pull up your computer and have your brain go through every single app that's on there or go through like look at your phone have it go through every single little piece of data wouldn't that drive you crazy it would, and you know, there's actually things in my training that we're talking about one of the uh, biases, and yes. it actually ties a lot into that because what you can process actively, which is what you're like thinking, like I'm looking at you, I'm processing, I'm talking to you, yeah. that amount of information is a lot less than what your subconscious can process, yep. and the way your subconscious processes that is by using these filters like you're talking about. Yeah. And we in day-to-day -day people couldn't think of those as biases, right? Yeah. Like if you do something that, and, and you repeatedly try something and you don't like it, then when you interact with something that's like that, your immediate feeling is like, oh, I don't like that, even if you haven't tried it. You don't even know why. Cause, yeah, because yeah. your subconscious has applied that filter of like, oh, you didn't like that before. Yeah. They're, gonna be good. They're not inherently good or bad, mm -hmm. but you can learn good or bad ones from other people and other things. And in the video, she talked about learning like, um, if you're always putting yourself down, right? Yes, like, again, that's the always, biggest yeah, one that came through on that. That's something that, unfortunately, you can get drilled into you when you're young. Yep. And then you... you as you grow up, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of you will think negatively of yourself because that filter is applying. And then everything you see, your mind will try to put that filter through it and then make you yeah. like uh, apply. Oh, that is negative. It's applying to me. Yeah. And you're filtering out all the good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the biggest like aha moment for me and why I thought this was worth having a conversation about was not only the people and their specific biases that will come through with this. But it's that self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like the self-talk. Because, again, I keep I bring it back to yoga, but the, the self-talk and the way that you perceive self is so important. I mean, there's like the Freud, the ego, and all that that goes into it. I think that's a little bit more complex than what we want to deal with today. But essentially, when you're thinking about who you are as a person, how do you talk to yourself? 
Like, what what do you even call yourself when you think about yourself? Um, like, what, is it a positive? Do you have a positive feeling about yourself? Because what she's talking about is the, the more that you view yourself as either positive or negative, you are going to see that in the way that other people perceive you and treat you. So it's almost like your perception of yourself is what you project out into the world and what you are going to accept. So I look at this when she was talking about it as like the boundaries that I like to set. So I personally like to set really like strong boundaries. And I do that because my in my mind, I'm responsible for about 60 to 70% of how people treat me. Like I'm responsible for a, a large portion of that because of how I project out of what I'm going to stand for. And if for some reason somebody goes across that boundary, I'm willing to go ahead and fight for my, you know, my, my boundary for my bubble. But not everybody is built like that. Nope. <laughs> so like, so for you, that's not how you, that's not how you operate. No, no. And I, I, I tend to skew more on the, I don't want to say negative because like, I think I've gotten better on that now, but I do tend to skew more and like, I'm always assuming the worst of like what people are thinking of me and I always want them to be comfortable. So I'm always trying to kind of please. Yeah. To, to kind of uh, make sure that they are, are feeling uh, content with what I'm doing. So, like, in any situation when I do something, my mind is immediately thinking of, like, well, what are the people around me thinking about me doing it? Yeah. Uh, and it, you, it used to be when I was younger, as, that was a very harsh, bad thing. But as an adult, I've, re- I've learned to channel that more into positive stuff. Yeah. Where it's, I, I feel like, hopefully, it made me more empathetic to people. And I, I'm always trying to feel out how people are feeling around me. And I feel like that's made me very receptive so like i could tell right away when someone if they don't feel like they want to talk or they feel like they want to go i try not to keep them there that kind of thing yeah where before it'd be like oh i need everyone to like me i have to do this i have to do that and that's a filter though so yeah so you actually and i love that you said that you built in like you're it's almost like you're gauging like you have a hypersensitivity as everything that's happening around you oh yeah 100 percent. yeah it's just as a kid growing up i always had anxiety and things like that and then I was always worried about those things Yeah, I'm very grateful that as I got older I learned to deal with that because a lot of people don't no they really don't they yeah, don't know how to bounce out of that yeah and it's it's very draining you know it's very tiring and oh I bet it's yeah. just really bad for your self esteem so well and I, I suffer from main character syndrome where I I had to realize that like I wasn't always the main character and that was a big change that I went through and what really helped me pivot out of that was when I started training and coaching people and like traveling more. So I traveled a lot when I was younger, but when you start traveling for work, that's a whole different beast. But I just remember, you know, one of the people that was a trainer talking about like, you've got to like get off the stage. Like you've got to, everybody wants to be on the stage, right? So you've got to be willing to get off of the stage to let somebody else be on the stage. So that was like this big aha moment for me. And when I think about the way that I perceive my day and the things that happen to me, I go in with everything with a positive mentality, which is funny, though, because I failed a lot. Like I have failed at a lot of the things that I've tried to do or it's been slow growth or it did, or like whatever the case may be. So I like tried to think of like, where does my where does my confidence come from? And I don't really know if I do specifically what she talks about, like, you know, every single day. But what I will say is I have made it a point to like look at the failures as not being the worst thing that could ever happen to me. It's just a part of something that's actually happened to me. It's not the worst thing that's going to happen to me forever. It's just something that is happening within that particular moment. Right. So that's kind of how I go about things. That's how I look at things. 
So like her suggestion, right? And what she what she mentions is like, so how do you start to reframe this, right? So we have basically programmed our brain through our experiences, through everything that we've went through. So like when I think about the failures that I've had, instead of it program instead of it being programmed in my mind that I am going to fail at this thing and it being something that I'm afraid of, what it's done to me is when I think about failing, I know that I'm going to be able to overcome it because I have overcome it so many times. Now, I actually, I had like an existential crisis thinking about this, right? It's like, what happens if I would have failed and like just kept on failing? Like, what if I had like essential, like, like a ton of just like random failures and never succeeded? Like, would I be the same person that I am Alternate right now? Alternate reality where we're swap personalities, you know? Um, it's funny because I remember my exact moment of when I had to shift and mine was late. Mine wasn't until college where I started kind of shifting um, and it was a... A college professor and it wasn't even like I learned a lot from him he yeah. was a really cool guy but you know it's like some teachers really impact you but he said something to me where because I people get surprised when they meet me and they find out I'm an introvert because when yeah. I'm around people they're yeah, like you're wow you're very, yeah. you talk yeah. to everybody yeah. and I'm like oh they don't know but that's all an act like, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. in college they make you present and stuff like that yeah. I hated it I would just freeze up and I, was, I couldn't even speak in front of classrooms or whatever he's like look look when you go up there you just gotta visualize another person yeah. so yeah. you're no longer yourself create another persona yeah. and practice that fake that and eventually that's gonna be you and yeah. I'm like come on like that's yeah. not gonna work yeah. and I swear, I just started doing it over and over and over, and it became like a thing for me. And like, it, it, it's very embarrassing to admit, but it even became like <laughs> my regular one. I would sign it with my regular name, yeah. and like my like confident one, I would put my middle name, oh. so it'd be my full name or whatever. I like that. And just over and over and over to the point where now, like even in work, this has benefited me greatly. They put me in front of a group of like uh, CEOs yeah, or anybody, yeah, you, yeah. and. I freak out, but what happens is when I freak out, I go into autopilot, and my autopilot is that fake confidence self. Yep. So yep. everyone's always after going like, "Wow, how do you how do you not get nervous up there and stuff?" And in my head, I'm like, "I've been nervous the whole time." You know, <laughs> I just tell them like, "Oh, it's just practice. You just gotta go up there. You gotta." <laughs> that do wasn't stuff. even me up there. Yeah, you but have just no idea. visualizing that and just that fake person who's like gonna get it every time, they're gonna nail it, yeah. and even if they no, don't know, they're gonna know how to bounce back from it. Well, that's uh, the main thing. Yeah. And what she was saying, so let's so let's talk. That I love that. This is this is right online because I'm just thinking about myself. Like, uh, I I'll go on stage and I absolutely love it because like again I like being the main character. So you put me in front of twenty thousand people, so people would be nervous. I am thrilled to be in front of that many people. It's a crazy thing. I have no idea why I'm like that. So I guess I guess I could do some work. It's probably me, right? Um, <laughs> something inside of me. Um, so. Her suggestion was 30 seconds a day, right? It only takes 30 seconds a day for you to be able to start reprogramming your brain. Because at the end of the day, what she is saying is the reason why you feel confidence or you or you feel like all these negative things are happening around you or there's there are there are ways that you can get into your brain to start perceiving the world around you as being a lot more on your side and less against you. So what she says, write out the goal. Visualize what your life looks like and how it feels when you have reached the goal. So there's two parts to it, right? One, you actually have to close your eyes and visualize and like specific picture of what it looks like when you accomplish it. So like you've already gotten the goal. It's already happening. What does it look like, right? And then the second part of that is like, what are the steps that you're taking? Like, how did you get to it? What emotions are you feeling? Um, what are some of the positive outcomes? So like, I knew I want to teach my first yoga class. I actually taught my first yoga class. 
Um, how did I feel afterwards? What has it led to? Well, it's led to more yoga classes coming. It's led to me being able to maybe expand my practice to other people and other groups. So it's like the end result really is what I got from it. It's like really take the time to visualize what the end result looks like. And she says um, that scientifically, uh, you, like your brain, like you're you're teaching your or like you're training your brain to have another filter. So you're basically like building in another filter. She states that your brain doesn't know the difference. Um, again, she, your brain doesn't know the difference between the bad things that are actually happening and actually took place, and the things that you just imprinted onto yourself. Yep. That part kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I mean that's what I was saying. Like the the biases are neither good nor bad intrinsically. It's your your brain is filtering based on what you told it to, and what you so like what you feel, what you experience, it is probably you. Like legit, it's probably you. You're the you're building out that filter, and it's not always just you. It's things that your parents said. It's things that your friends did. It, it's like there's stuff so, you're watching. Stuff there's you're stuff that you're to. watching. Things that you're listening to. There's so many things that come in, and whatever makes you feel a specific type of way is how you filter in or out. Which is the craziest part. But when 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 she said about the whole brain doesn't actually know the difference, that to me was in, it was kind of incredible. So what is your brain will take your concentrated visualizations and start to encode it as a real memory. So your brain actually will create a core memory by you visualizing what you want to do, seeing the end result of what it looks like for you to actually get there. And then all of a sudden, when they talk about the whole seeing signs, now, as you do that, and she said 30 seconds a day, that's it. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you to try it for 21 days. Just And just set one goal. Set one specific goal of something that you want to change in your life. Do it for 30 seconds a day and really hone in on it and what it feels like at the end, what you're doing at the end. Um, that's, that's really what it comes down to. My question for you is, listening to all of this, what are your thoughts? Do you do you think this is just a bunch of bull, or what do you think? No, I think if it, if I hadn't experienced it, I would have thought it was bull because I'm more of like a science person. And like, yeah. I know it's backed by science, but it, I would have been like, no, that's not like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But um, after doing, it, I truly believe that it, there is stuff you can do to change your mindset. You fake it till you make it. There's a reason people say it, right? Yep. Like because if you keep faking it, eventually you're creating that filter that your mind is going to start filtering that stuff through. Um, and if you think that you're not affected by any of these, the, the two that immediately come to mind is like uh, like in media when they're always saying like, math is hard, math is hard. So kids watching TV, are always, it's always a joke in shows, right? Math yeah. is so hard. So what happens the moment a kid encounters a difficult math problem? Oh, it's because math is hard. I don't like math. Yeah. Right? So And then you think about your favorite foods, right? Yeah. You may have tried a bad preparation of a, a food and then your mind was like, oh, that tasted nasty. I'm, I don't, I don't <laughs> like broccoli. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. But then... If you force yourself to try different variations, suddenly you're like, oh, broccoli is yeah. actually really good. Yeah. Right? And then you can you can change it. So yeah. those are two less stressful ones. There's a lot more well, I, I'm, the serious back, ones. Yeah, yeah, go back to broccoli. Steamed broccoli without any seasoning is trash. But if you saute broccoli and oh, olive oil and butter and you, <laughs> you add mm -hmm. the right seasonings and put a little bit of Parmesan at the end, are you kidding me? Yeah, I would I tear put, that up. Put broccoli in any stir fry? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Dude, don't do that to yourselves. But no, honestly... I'm going to challenge people who are listening. I want you guys to try this. And then I want you to come back and let us know, like, what did you gain out of trying this? Because this this falls into not only change, but habits and routines. Like, we've dived in. We've dove into a lot of this. But to me, this one, 
I like it because it aligns to like my my yoga philosophies as well as just the way that I have tried to perceive. I go into things believing that the outcome is going to be positive no matter what. And I, I want to see people leaning into that so that they can have the life that they really want without feeling like they have to compromise too much to get it. What an episode. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. So with that being said, you guys know where you can find us on Instagram at it's underscore probably the letter U and our website, www.itsprobablyu.com. One more. We got the we got the beer episode up and coming and uh, some videos on the way. Super excited about that. Um, and if you went through this and if at any point you felt guilty, it's, it's probably, probably you. you.